How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. It's the Take Command Instant Reaction Show. I am Craig Hoffman. That is definitively not Logan Paulson. If you're watching us live on YouTube, the uh, box in the stream yard next to me, uh, that is our good friend Mark Bullock, who is stepping in with Logan, uh, doing uh, Christmas with his family. Uh, texted me earlier today, going, hey, the, the wife has got some stuff planned, so I don't think I'm going to be able to join. I was like, all right, who can I get that has a great analytical mind on things and mark was of course the first person that came to mind so mark appreciates you uh stepping in and what a game we have to talk about <laughs> yeah it was uh it was quite the uh the roller coaster there but uh yeah thanks for having me uh, and yes i'm definitely not logan paulson <laughs> no definitely definitely not logan paulson there's a little ginger uh you know shade to your hair though that or it's just the lighting i think it's just the lighting yeah i've got some yeah, pretty bad lighting okay. here I'm trying. I'm trying my best here uh, to get you on Logan's <laughs> Logan's face. Uh, so the Sam Howell's benched again. That is the the big story, obviously. And and not only is he benched again, Jacoby Brissett comes in, and all the dude does is apparently lead touchdown drives. And I think that obviously sparks a very interesting conversation about the offense. Eric Bieniemy. You know, so many of us have been so critical of him, but it's like, well, Jacoby can do it. And I think, Mark, where I land on this, and I, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on it. You've written a lot about it at your Substack, uh, markbullock.substack.com. Highly recommend, especially if you like our podcast, if you want some of the visuals. Um, Mark talks about so many of the same things we do because, well, the film doesn't lie. The film is the film. Um, so I think what it proves is, like, it's not a bad system, but it's the wrong system for Sam Howell and where he is at his career. The marriage between Biennemi and Howell is a bad one. That That is where I have been for a long time. I've never doubted that EB was a good coach. And there was a long point this year where I thought Sam could be a pretty good quarterback. But the the way he has leveraged, the amount he's asked to do, it just never seemed to be a long-term formula for success. And I think like all this is is actually confirming that. Is that me just having confirmation bias? Or have you seen some different stuff this last month worth of games from Sam where maybe your opinions on some of this stuff has changed and evolved a little bit? Uh, for me, I think it's kind of, uh, I feel like it's been a bit of a regression from from how, like earlier in the season, we saw the development in him being more willing to take what the defense gave him. Um, and sort of after those first few weeks of the season, when he was taking lots of sacks, he started to sort of calm it down and, and understand, okay, I can't just look down the field constantly. I, I need to I need to take what they're giving me. If they're, if they're taking away deep shots, don't get bored taking those underneath balls and then, and there was a couple of those in this game where 
um, one of the first few drives, they had a little choice right out of the backfield and it was seemingly wide open. Obviously, we need the All-22 to be 100% sure of that, but it looked like it was open and he scrambled. Instead of taking that throw underneath, he was looking down the field, didn't have that, scrambled out of, of a relatively clean pocket and threw the ball away and that led to a third and long, which he got sacked. So, um, and then, you know, there, there was... There's other plays where there was a third and seven where he he seemingly had Logan Thomas in the flat for what would have been a, a, a first down. The, the the catch would have been short of the chains, but there was no defender within five or ten yards of Thomas, and and there would have been some yards after the catch opportunity for a first down. But he's he's not taking those underneath throws that are there for him, um, and that was something he did a, a much better job over the, earlier in the season when. He was playing with more rhythm and more confidence. He was he was getting the ball out decisively to those underneath balls, and and um, and they were picking up yards after the catch, and moving the chains, and, and keeping drives alive. And and that's just not happening um, in these last few weeks, and um, for whatever reason, um, and and that is a sign of regression for me. And 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 that is you, you see the difference when Brissett comes in and he's decisive and getting the ball out on time, the offense does work when, when you have a quarterback that doesn't get bored of, of taking what is given to him um, and um, getting that ball out on time and, and in rhythm and, and the offense can work, but um, that's just not what Hal's been the last few weeks. And um, it's, it's a discouraging thing for sure. Yeah. I, I do think like, on a, on a large philosophical level, nothing has changed because if you think one of the quarterbacks coming out in the draft is better than Sam, you should take that quarterback, and that would be true whether Sam was killing it or whether Sam is getting killed. Um, it's just the bar for which better than Sam exists at is getting lower and lower by the week, and emotionally, it feels like there there's no way that, like, Jaden, uh, you know, the kid out of LSU, Jaden Daniels, um, you know, even, you know, any other college quarterback right now, you're like, can't be worse than this because the last couple of weeks, you can't be much worse than this at the NFL level. And it's exactly what you said. It, it's taking the layups. And I do think this offense, uh, Michael Harmon did a good job with us this week uh, from the Reception Perception podcast, comparing this offense to many others. The layups, there are just so many more of them in many other offenses. A lot of other offenses speak to the skill sets of their skill position players much better than this one has. That's coming from a guy who watches wide receivers, specifically the top ones all around the league, every single week, charts everything. But... By the same token, if he, he being Sam, would just take the stuff, the layups that are there, this offense would be much better. And by the way, you might be able to create some more layups um, because you'd be able to sustain drives on down the list. And I, and I think you're also reminded, Mark, how damn good like Terry McLaurin is. You get the ball in his hands on something short, quick. He breaks three tackles and all of a sudden he's 40 yards down the field. He can do that every game. Jahan Dotson is a factor. Like he has totally disappeared this season the second Brissett comes in the game, whether it's drawing a PI, whether it's just hey, a deep target open out something else, getting the ball in his hands, Jahan Dotson matters. And I just, it's really frustrating because I do think for a lot, uh, like this, this, there has been a regression and things have changed where for a lot of this year, I didn't love what EB was doing, but Sam was playing well enough and there, were, there was enough good things happening. And just the last couple of weeks, it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. And you see Jacoby come in and do this and it does make you rethink everything you thought earlier in the year. Yeah. It's um, I, I think that point about not being the offense, not being sort of individual enough to the, to the specific receivers that they have um, is a good one. And uh, 
I wrote about last week about how Eric Bieniemy it feels like he's running a system and he doesn't really care who gets the ball. And when you have a bunch of playmakers, that's fine. Um, Cause you can trust, you know, one of them is going to get open and one of them is going to make a play, whoever it is. But you look at other offenses around the league and they have a bunch of playmakers and, and they scheme up different packages specifically for those playmakers. And then they mesh those packages together so that, yeah, you're not having to rely on just one or two playmakers. You, you have a package of things where, you have one or two guys that are your prime targets on those plays, and, and hopefully those are the guys that make the plays, and then you have your backup options. But th- this offense seems to be more about the system and um, you know, understanding that you can progress through whatever the coverage gives you, and, and each play is going to have an out against all those different coverages, um, but it kind of limits the... I don't want to say limits the ability of those receivers because as you, we saw today, it when, doesn't when, enhance it. No, exactly. It it doesn't enhance those receivers. It doesn't feature like Terry McLaurin. It doesn't feature Jahan Dotson. Yeah. The, the closest we've seen the past few weeks is with, with Curtis Samuel lining up in the backfield and, and they do that little option route with him or um, against uh, a few, few weeks ago. I can't remember who they, they had that wheel route um, off of that yeah. option fake. Like that, that is the kind of package of where you're, you're highlighting that guy's ability. Um, and that feels like Curtis Samuel is the only one they've done that for. Um, and they could easily do that kind of thing for Jahan Dotson and for Terry McLaurin and, and all the other weapons they have, but they, they don't. Um, so um, I, I don't think it's a bad system. Um, it, it's just a very West Coast system that um, is all about understanding what the defensive coverage is, understanding your, your pre-snap um, information processing that correctly and getting the ball out on time and, and when your quarterback is doing that efficiently it works um, and as we saw like earlier in the season when how was playing efficient it, it was working um, and, and the ball was being spread around and, and they were doing all right but um, when when the quarterback isn't always efficient and when you've got a young quarterback like how he's not always going to be efficient um, you would l- rather see them build in some kind of protections for Hal in in having schemed up stuff for McLaurin or Dotson or, you know, feature those playmakers and, and let them go make plays rather than just saying, this is our offense and we're going to run it. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypod Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Totally. Uh, Mark gave a, a, or sorry, Matt gave a, a full, a great example of Houston in the way that they noticed Nico Collins is great at running out, breaking outs, and then Tank Dell, great in breaking routes, and they'll stack them up and have Nico go out and Tank go in, and both of them win. Like, they're, they're, when we talk about detailing it up, like, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. And then to your, your final point there, you know, if, if it's about timing and reading stuff quickly, that's not going to work with a young quarterback. Like, that's not how this guy has ever been. You know, it wasn't how he was at North Carolina. And so, again, it's not a bad system. Sam might not be a bad quarterback, although we have more questions about that than ever. But it certainly is not a match made in heaven, and currently it's a match made somewhere else. Um, which leads us to, what do they do moving forward? Because that is, obviously, you know, the, the topic that dominates the week for us on sports radio. It's something you're going to write about, I'm sure. It's something that everyone is going to be talking about all week long. So we get to get our first crack at it here on the Instant Reaction Show. Do you start Sam Howell again next week? And frankly, by the time we get off the air and the time that a lot of pop people hear this tomorrow morning uh, or Tuesday morning, if you're you know spending Christmas with your family instead of listening to your, your favorite Commanders podcast, um, you know, you'll hear what Ron Rivera has said post-game. My guess is Ron post-game will say, we're going to evaluate everything, which is probably the correct answer. 
I think for Sam Howell's sake, you cannot start him next week against San Francisco. They are going to destroy him. They are going to eat him alive. It's very clear mentally he needs a more significant reset and that he is just lost right now with what he's supposed to be seeing and where the ball's supposed to go, getting it out on time. He's seeing ghosts. He's vacating uh, you know, clean pockets. He's not getting the ball out on time ever. He's guessing and almost never guessing right. Um, even when he does guess right, he's like surprised that he guesses right. There's some times where like you see him be like, oh, the ball is supposed to go here. And like the throwing motion is like super elongated and weird. And then he throws the ball in the dirt. It's terrible right now. So of course you want to see what he is, but I think for his sake, Mark, like for his literal personal safety, you can't start him next week. I'd, I'd go Brissett and I can't believe I'm saying that. Because there was almost no scenario where I thought that was possible going into the week. Uh, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I, I, I just kind of feel like Rivera's made this whole season about Sam Howell. Uh, and he spent the whole season going, we've at least found our franchise quarterback. And even if I get fired, we'll, we'll, we've found the quarterback and now I feel like I've got some legacy here. If they... Have now, well, I mean, now they've benched him in back-to-back games. If they then bench him and, and don't start him next week, they don't have their franchise quarterback. Like, if you, you don't bench your franchise quarterback of the future. Um, at which point, what exactly does Rivera have to hang his hat on for the past four years? Like, the the defense, the, the team is worse than it was, uh, and they don't have the quarterback of the future. So what, what exactly... What are we doing here? If, if Sam obviously Howell's Mark like, eighty million dollars in cap space and five top fifty picks—that's what everybody <laughs> wants after year four. Yeah, uh, and it might well be a, a top two pick at the way they're they're going, but the, it, it's like I I kind of feel like they back themselves into a corner where they have to play Howell because the, the they've got no other choice. Like what what else is Rivera doing here? If he if he's not playing Howell, then like just fire him now. There, there there's this I mean, I thought about that during the game as well. And really where I was texting about it with one of the, the beat reporters and I was like, I'd consider it based off how this is going. This is obviously before Jacoby starts leading the comeback. Not that that really helps anything. Um, but, you know, I think to go to a third defensive play caller and because the offense has been so bad, like, do you really want to just put EB in charge of things? And also I think with Harris at this point, are you just like, you don't know what? They're getting closer to that top pick. I don't even have to go full Philly on this. We don't have to go full full process tank. Like we're just doing this authentically. Let's ride it out to the end of the year. Um, I I hear you, but like that's not that that can't be the only concern here. Obviously, physical safety of the player um, is is a top one. And Ron is professional, and to his credit, I don't give him a lot of credit, but to his credit, I think he cares about that. Like he is someone who played and is just like a general, genuine human being. Does care about the well-being of his players. And so I do think that is something he will consider. Um, but at some point, you just have to lose. Like, at some point, you have to just admit, like, we've lost. Like, Sam, it may not be the franchise quarterback. And, you know, that's not what we came here to do, was to leave after four years with and leave something else behind. Like, my job at this point is to get, and I might even, if I'm Josh Harris, be like, hey, man, I'm not going to fire you. Your job is to get this thing safely to the end. And please, if that means you need to bench Sam, like you need to bench Sam. And so I, I don't know. It's, it's also hard because there's not like a GM or a president of football operations that can come over and make that call either. Like the setup here is coach centric. Ron's a coach. Yeah. It, 
I, I totally see where you're coming from. And from like a, a Sam Howell's kind of safety mentality, I, I agree. It's just to play out the rest of the season, like you're not, they spent the whole year up until the last two weeks saying, we let Sam Howell play through these things. Um, and and they, they let him play through everything earlier in the year. Um, until last week, they were letting him play through all of his mistakes and all of his issues. And, and I mean, you kind of need to do that to see what you have in him and, and see if he can bounce back from these tests. And, and that's a big part of the thing that they've sold about Howell is his ability to move on from mistakes and, and bounce back and, and, and not get caught up in, in how past performances or even just the past play. And, and so if that is truly one of his traits, show that it's one of his traits and, and, and play him next week. And, you know, if, if he looks like he's going to hurt himself from being so bad and just bench him again, and then you admit that you're, you're, you're wrong on how being the franchise quarterback, but I, I don't know what you gain from playing Brissett other than like, obviously as we talked about the safety aspect with Hal, but if you want to talk about the safety aspect with Hal, he's been getting himself hit every week for the past 16 weeks. So it's, yeah. you know, that how much more damage he's going to do to himself from playing next week. The now, obviously the, the, the 49ers have one hell of a defensive line. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, that is something, but, um, it's not like they haven't played good pass rushes. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would still be playing him personally. I, 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 and if, if it's looking absolutely horrific and he feels, it feels like he might hurt himself, then bench him. But I, yeah, I, would, I, here, I guess here would chance. be, yeah, I hear you. Here would be my thing. You got two more. You bench him a third time. He's done. Like you bench, you, you do it again against San Francisco. You can't start him against Dallas. So I would bench him against San Francisco. Tell him, hey, dude, reset. We're going to take the week. Like, Merry Christmas. Um, Jacoby goes out there. And also, by the way, you know, it kind of works out. This is three-dimensional chess for me. Ron's definitely not playing this game. He's trying to win football games. But it, I'm not scared that Jacoby Brissett's going to accidentally beat the San Francisco 49ers, the best team in the NFL. So you don't have to take that draft pick risk um, if you're like Josh Harris and you don't come down and be like, no, 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 no. Not that that's how Harris is as an owner. Anyway, that was the last guy. Um, but you, you give him the week off and then I'd start him against Dallas and be like, hey, all right, you got one more shot. And then, by the way, if you have to bench him against Dallas and they eat him up again, uh, then he's not the guy moving forward and, you know, Ron's getting fired after the game anyway. So, you know, Ron leaves empty-handed and it is what it is. If he bounces back against Dallas, now, you know, we have plenty to talk about for the rest of the offseason. Um, and it's kind of... I mean, a very recent example is they did this to Zach Wilson in New York and he bounced back and had a really great game before he was terrible again against Miami and got hurt. But I also think back to in a better long-term example, like Kirk Cousins got benched multiple times in 2014, 2013 as well. Um, 2014, though, was a year where all three guys played because they all got benched uh, with, due to performance with the exception of Colt, something he carried with him you know, as kind of a chip on his shoulder and something to be pissed off about basically the rest of his time. Um, when he just couldn't seem to get a shot again. But Kirk was benched, and eventually it was like, hey, you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to be the starter here. And in 2015, after they finally convinced Dan to bench Robert, that's exactly what Kirk did. And so benching him for San Francisco doesn't have to mean the end, 
but I do think like he is so shaken right now. And, and I'm now monitoring uh, the reporters in, in the postgame presser. Uh, per John Kime, Rivera said they'll make a quarterback decision early in the week, said he thinks Howell's confidence might have been shaken by some early lapses, whether his or others. I think of that first interception he throws. Like, he hits Logan Thomas in the face mask. What more do you want him to do? And I think sometimes, you know, if you can, if, if you have moments like that early, it's hard to pull out of. And the more separation in time he gets away, and maybe another week of watching Jacoby hopefully execute at a higher level, you come back against Dallas, you give it one final shot, Everyone knows the score. It is what it is. That, that would be my thing. I'll let you have the last word and then a couple of other quick things before we get out of here. Yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from. I, I think there's there's merit to it. I, I think you just you get so few opportunities to see have a quarterback put film on 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 tape, I guess, and 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 play against the top defense and and you have a lot more to gain from him if he comes out and plays really well against San Francisco. Um, and obviously we're not necessarily anticipating it the way he has played, but if he bounces back and he plays well, then you're saying, okay, there is that ability to bounce back. And then, and he's now playing really well against one of the, the best defenses, the best teams in the league. And, and so um, I, I would see it as an opportunity to, to prove that that is the, what he can be. He, he can bounce back and, 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 and let him start that game. Um, and, and if he looks like he's going to hurt himself from being bad, then yeah, take him out. And, and you're right. If you, if you put, pull him a, a third time in a row then then he's done for the year i think but yeah um, but it, it, i i kind of feel like you're you're going either way there if, if he if you bench him this week you're probably saying that he's he's done for the not necessarily done for the year i understand he can come back against dallas but you're basically saying he's not the guy um so i, I would give him that chance to to prove it one more time I, uh, I know I said you, I'd let you have the last word, but you said something that made me think of another point you made that I, I think is worth like just hitting on real quick. I think the difference between letting him play through stuff earlier in the year and now is he actually played through it. Like he would continue to do the right things. And unfortunately, I, I, I think he never really corrected anything. I think that's why they pulled him the last couple of weeks. Okay, uh, real quickly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, they don't stand a chance in that first half. It's till the Jets' fourth drive of the game that they actually run a play in their own territory. I mean, just a heinous start. By the way, the worst special teams performance from this team. Oh, my it, God. I, I think so the whole time. There's been some bad ones, but like I think this is the worst one, which is hilarious because I have said a couple times, like, hey, if you want to look at one positive, their special team's been pretty good this year. Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> Um, just the Jamison Crowder whoopsie daisy. That's crazy. I mean, what was I that? feel bad. I I don't know. It, he neither does he. <laughs> Notice anyone else? It was, it was the magic bean being magical. Um, I mean, I feel bad for Terrell, um, who's done a great job filling in for Jeremy Reeves all year. He gets he just kind of bad techniques uh, on a really good rush from the Jets up the middle. I think Tress might have been a little slow getting it off. I'd be curious when they stop watch it, but like nothing major. It's it's on Terrell um, there. So. Long story short, the defense not set up to succeed, but then they also give up a big one to Brees Hall. BSJ is getting flagged all over the place. And I do think it's interesting, Mark, that they seem to pitch a shutout uh, when Emmanuel Forbes came in the game after, or until that field goal at the end, after uh, BSJ goes out. Because so many of the big plays that the Jets were getting to sustain drives were flags on St. Juice. And I feel bad because I like Benjamin a lot. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him in the preseason. I think he's made a ton of plays but part of the reason he's made a ton of plays is because he gets so many opportunities because very clearly other teams don't think he's good. 
You don't get targeted this much unless other teams think you're not good and that it's worth it for the plays you'll make for the ones you're going to give up. And it's sad that it took an injury to to get him off the field and get Forbes back out there. But it's another data point where you just look at Rivera and you're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, St. Juice was getting cooked. Um, and that's the, the the weird thing about St. Juice is his best trait is to recover. Um, and that's never necessarily like he's, He's learned so well how to play out of phase because he's out of phase so often. Um, <laughs> and that that's not necessarily something you want to see. Like, great, here you have an ability to recover and that, that length really plays into that. But you'd rather, you know, being in phase and not having to recover. Um, and, and so, yeah, he, he's getting attacked by just about every team they play this year. And, uh, you know, he does make some nice plays and, and he recovers some on some nice uh, nicely in some situations. But... He, he does get beat far too often, um, and uh, that is an issue. Um, and he he's definitely regressed in terms of his ability to play press as well. Um, I, don't, I don't know what Logan thinks about this, but for me, he he's nowhere near patient enough with his feet at the line of scrimmage. He, he as soon as a receiver makes any kind of move off the line, he's he's opening his hips to the sideline, or he's opening his hips inside, and he's very very easy to release against. Um, and, and then that just gives them no chance to, to really stick with guys and, and jam them and disrupt them. So, um, yeah, I, I think he needs some major technique work. Um, and yeah, I don't know necessarily whether Forbes coming in was, uh, the kind of the thing that made the, the defense suddenly shut down or yeah. whether that Is was it correlation or causation kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, the, the defense did get better when, when St. Juice wasn't there because he wasn't getting picked on, um. But yeah, he's he's had a rough year, um, and and he's someone that I think he's kind of played himself into a uh, question mark for going forward. I have a hard time putting like writing off anybody in this defensive secondary because of how poorly they were coached, and that is the one thing I will always say in defense of Benjamin is I think I think he's a good football player based off what he did prior to this year. He has probably the worst defensive backs coach in the league and a total lack of secondary experience on the coaching staff in a meaningful way once Chris Harris leaves. Um, And it's shown. Like, it's the same reason I won't write off Emmanuel, the same reason I won't write off Quan. Like, you have so many key guys, young players that you're counting on in a position group that was coached terribly. So I just don't know what... I, I truly, honest to God, have no idea what to make of him or any of them. Um, pass rush was a little bit better today. I, I actually thought the guy who had the best game today, I'm curious how he grades. I think PFF is going to kill him because there's a couple, couple times where he like strings things out but doesn't wind up finishing the play. But I thought James Smith-Williams' impact was enormous today. You see like what it means to have like a real true professional on the edge. Um, even if James is not like a highlight player, he's not a great pass rusher, he's not a big sack guy, but you have like an actual pro who belongs as a starter probably opposite like a stud defensive end. Um, but you have a true pro on the edge and you see some of the pressure they're able to get. Um, you see some of the the ways they're able to string plays out and, and get tackles for loss or, or short gains that if they're clean edges are big gains on, on some of these outside runs. So I thought James had a really, a really good one. Anybody else that you want to highlight good or bad on the defense? Uh, I thought Mayo struggled a little bit um, on that. Of that 36 yard touchdown that, that they had early on um they kind of ran a little split flow thing where uh tight end sifted back and fullback started off to the right and sifted back and and that little start right got mayo to bite really heavily on uh going the wrong way um not great that, 
that that led him into uh, getting easily blocked, and and Cody Barton wasn't quite quick enough to to squeeze that gap as, as much that he would have needed him to, and and Carl couldn't get there from deep. So uh, yeah, Mayo kind of left them both in a in a bad spot there. So uh, I, I don't think he necessarily had the greatest game, but you know that. He's not a starting caliber of a linebacker. I don't, so. I don't think we have to worry about David Mayo past uh, <laughs> the next two weeks. And yeah, he, yeah. he got banged up in this game. So maybe, I mean, hope he's all right on, on a human level, but I don't know that we're going to have to worry about him the next two weeks either. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Last thing, uh, I think we were talking about this before, the, before we uh, went live here. Um, I think it's hilarious that they lost by two. Genuinely hilarious because you could see it coming from a mile away unless you're apparently Ron Rivera. And I don't, I, I truly honestly don't know what the analytics are on this, but it feels very, you're down 14, you score, you go for two type of situation. When they scored and went down six, what's the point of being down six? Go for two. That way, if you get it, you're down five. Um, and, or sorry, you're down seven. Uh, you get it, you're down five. Now they kick a field goal, you're down eight, you have a chance to tie with a two-point conversion um, if you get a touchdown. If you kick the extra point, you go from being down seven to being down six. I guess, like, sure, if you go up one because you just had to kick an extra point for the win, cool, but there was, like, 12 minutes left, very easy to, to get a field goal in that time. And sure enough, had they gone for two, they would have gotten the next touchdown and they could have gone for two again to go up three and insulate themselves from exactly what happened to them, which is a game-winning field goal. So, um, again, I don't know what the analytics are specifically on that, but seemed pretty obvious to me, Mark, with very little downside. Uh, no reason not to do it. Because, by the way, say you're down, you're down seven and you want to go for, or, and you want to win the game in regulation as opposed to kicking the extra point, just go for two again, and you're fine. So, just very silly, very stupid. Well, you know, game management like like that, uh, clock management and and score management with extra points and stuff has not been the strong suit of of this staff. Uh, so uh, I, it doesn't surprise me at this point. Um, and you would think uh, with with Harris and his analytical background, you you would you would imagine that changes with the next hire. I just imagine Eugene Shan, Eugene Shen walking down the hall uh, to to Josh's office and be like, another one. Another one, boss. <laughs> Next year, don't worry. We'll have a we'll have a better system in place. Uh, Mark, this was great. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for popping in with me here on the post game show. If people want to get more from Mark, and we'll definitely have to have Mark back on um, either later in this regular season as we wrap things up, or probably more likely because there's not much regular season left in the off season, uh, breaking down some of the schematic elements and, and all he sees in his film study. I'll just sit back and let you and Logan nerd out. Um, but make sure that you're reading Mark, um, not only because he's very good at what he does, but it, I think it's actually a great supplement to our pod. So if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you're a podcast listener for us. And we talk about so many plays and Mark tends to pick a lot of the same key plays that we do. And he has great illustrations and stuff in his sub stack. So if you want to see some of the stuff drawn out that we talk about, if you want to almost follow along, subscribe at markbullock.substack.com. Great stuff there. Mark, thanks again for doing this, man. Of course, anytime. All right, that is Mark Bullock, uh, also on Twitter at Mark Bullock NFL. I am Craig Hoffman, merely the man who is usually here. Uh, I'll see you all Tuesday on the radio. Logan and I will do a film breakdown uh, on Tuesday. Uh, be out Wednesday as well. Thanks for watching and listening to Take Command. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, 
and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.